You know, Jackie, kalokohan lang naman yung mga trustful na yun eh. Like, I don't believe that it does anything to help me feel better about my office mates. Well, yeah, that's warranted, I guess, based on your own experience. But there can be some activities like a trust fall where they would be meaningful and helpful to some teams. We've seen some of that. Kailangan mo ba ng mas makabuluhang chismisan sa pantry? Listen to more conversations about work, both hot takes and thoughtful takes with me, Carl Javier, and Jackie Caniza on The Imaginable Workplace. Check it out on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. They say social media knows you better than your family and friends. That's because we give big tech companies so much information without even realizing it. When we post our vacation photos and tag people, when we have conversations with family and friends, and especially when we like and share videos online, the tech companies are always watching. In this episode of Teka Teka, let's talk about the power of these tech companies in shaping our worldview. I'm Izzeli Puma Podcast. If you want Facebook to serve you the things that you want, to see, then, of course, we need data in order to do that, search history and all that. But if you don't want your search history to be on our platforms, then the user experience drops. So, you know, it's a catch-22. Like, uh, we, can't, we can't serve you what you want to know without data. That was Meta's head of policy and government outreach in Asia-Pacific, Roy Tan. He spoke at a webinar organized by the Philippines Communication Society. Roy was trying to justify the amount of data Facebook collects. We want to ensure that people have a pleasant experience on our platform and they see the things they want to see and um, we don't serve them things that they are not interested in seeing. I mean, it's not too dissimilar to, you know, other, let's say, e-commerce sites. You purchase something and, you know, they give you suggestions of what you may want to purchase after that. He has a point, of course. That's how Facebook began, as purely a networking site, but didn't roll out its ad platform until 2007. But in 2012, something changed. It launched dozens of initiatives to make money of you. You being the product now. Video ads, bigger ads, ads on news feeds, ads that appear even after you've logged out. Because that was the year Facebook IPO'd. So they were under pressure to show investors they could convert likes and shares into cold hard cash. Now back to elections. Here's Ben Bunkin of UP Diliman's Digital Public Pulse on how data-driven algorithms can influence voters. It's really the mechanisms within the platform that shape our decisions. I mentioned earlier that there's some sort of control happening at the platform level because it's really the platform that's, you know, and their algorithms and their, you know, the, the, the structure that they put in place that facilitate all of the information that we are getting on, on social media. You know, our feeds are what we call their, their curated algorithmically. So for political communicators who are well-versed you know, in the, how these algorithms can work, you know, they can potentially make use of this and, you know, in some instances manipulate this you know, in whatever way they can, the, the strategic use essentially of these platforms and their algorithms. These strategic use you know, of the products that's offered by big tech you know, in, in communication, you have hyper-targeted messages you know, based on individual user behavior, individual user data. There are also features that are prone to manipulation, such as, for example, on Twitter, you know, the trending list is something that you can, quote-unquote, manipulate. 
Hyper-targeting is when tech companies sell ads to advertisers using the most minute and personal details about you, like your age, vacation, income level, race, religion, political views, search history, and so on. Again, you may not realize that the social media platforms you use have collected all the information from you throughout the years, but they have. In the history of advertising, this level of targeting has never been possible before, so brands are happy to pay big bucks. And so are the politicians. Here's Fatima Gao, also from UP Diliman's Digital Public Pulse. What platforms have is what we call logistical power. To be able to organize things we see, some things, you know, perhaps, you know, two candidates are sharing their campaign materials, but they're not equally given visibility in the platform. That's the governance mechanism of the platform. Some things are more visible than others. Some things are more salient. I think we have to think about platforms power as organizing our discourse more than, you know, telling us what to talk about, kind of, you know, agenda setting, but of course, contextualized to particular communities, to particular spaces in the platform. And in May 2022 elections, misinformation and disinformation have emerged as serious issues. Or perhaps the better word is dangerous, considering nearly half of Filipinos get news from the internet and over 13 million people turn to Facebook as their news source, according to a social weather station survey. Should big tech companies be held accountable? U.S. lawmakers certainly want to. After fake news and disinformation became issues for them too in the 2016 presidential elections. Here are Ben and Fatima again. I think there has to be some sort of responsibility on the end of the platforms as well. Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are recognizing their, you know, their roles in all of these things, you know, in, in the proliferation of fake news, in you know, the spread of misinformation, disinformation. And right now there are great, you know, developments when it comes to, you know, the crackdown of fake accounts. And then even they have realized it already, but, you know, they're not just vessels of information, but they also have an active role or they have the agency and the capacity to filter information. And that includes all information as well. We don't want them to be, you know, the sole gatekeeper, but they are so big that they are have become the default gatekeeper, right? I think by default, they have to because uh, they're already doing so through the algorithms. Roy, Meta's policy guy in the region, says they've been partnering with government agencies and NGOs to promote digital literacy and educate people on how to use their products. We do have an influence. We do have a part to play. And so, you know, we do want to make sure that uh, that we can help, you know, mitigate issues and work on issues together. We do a lot uh, of back-end stuff that, that may not always be announced. We are looking into how we can spread the word a bit more to ensure that people know how to use the platform. We have actually done some of this work for the past two, two three years already. For years now, Meta and Google have judiciously taken down fake accounts and removed millions of problematic videos and posts. This year, Google went one step further and banned all political advertising for three months leading up to Election Day in the Philippines, which is May 9. Facebook still refuses to do so. At the end of the day, we are a free platform and we use ads to help fund the platform. And how ad system work is that, you know, with data, you know, we, we can serve people the ads that they want to see. And businesses, you know, whether or not they're big businesses, small, medium businesses, they're able to target the audience that they want to target. You know, ever since, at least from uh, Cambridge Analytica, I think we, we definitely have tightened up the data that we collect and, and the data that's available as well. 
In another social weather station survey, it was found that 51% of Filipinos still find it difficult to spot fake news. Fatima says that speaks to the quality of our education. What's being taught is, you know, how to use Facebook, how to open an account. It's not the, you know, critical skills that we need to be able mm. to discern information. They're teaching the technical skills to use technology, but not how to, you know, spot uh, information that might be dubious. So I think we need to step up on that aspect of the critical skills more than the technical skills. But that's a long-term solution. So what can we do in the meantime? Take social media information with a large grain of salt, for starters. But then they, they are corporations, and we have to think about them as uh, entities with you know commercial interests. And even if you know these platforms have become spaces for political engagement, ultimately it's still you know commercial in nature. Again, I'm Izali. This episode was edited by Presh Capistano and produced by Kat Ventura. Follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcasts on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maraming salamat po. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.